Randy Quaid is a cannibal. Players make their first visit to Silent Hill, and everyone say hello to Peter Griffin, consummate family guy. This week on 30-20-10. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30-20-10, the internet's leading pop culture time machine, now a little more alone in that universe. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, to boy. And, uh, I'm one of your oh hosts, boy. Chris Antista, and uh, I should tell you what we do. We uh, look at the world 30, 20, and 10 years ago to the week, and this week being January 25th and 31st, so get ready to hear all about the video games, movies, news, television shows, and music that came out within that one-week period 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Or, to give a better intro for it, um, we have the president. It happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and it's going to happen now. Thank you so much. Yay! Thank you so much, uh, uh, Mr. President. Our special guest on this episode, I'm guessing, hasn't read, seen, listened, or watched any of these things because he's not intellectually curious. This might be the only (laughs) Trump endorsement that uh, we won't be regretting years down the line (laughs) when we're in prison. Make this podcast great again, sir. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with us? Toddler in Tierra, Diana Goodman. (laughs) It's me, Sarah, following the rainbow sun to Shining Time Station. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you didn't catch one of those references, I got to uh, thank Diana for defending the format against the corporate overlords of Cinema uh, Sins. Thank you. It's, it's funny yeah. to call them corporate overlords, but whatever. Yeah. They're nice people. Well, yeah. So uh, yeah, in case we have any new listeners uh, or just old listeners who, who missed it uh, early on in the week, um, the folks at CinemaSense who have eight and a half million YouTube subscribers uh, debuted a new podcast where they were going to look at the movies of this week from 30 years ago. Uh, first episode covered a bunch of stuff we've already covered, Gleaming the Cube and January Man and the experts, oh dear God. And um, they immediately faced backlash from another podcast called 80s All Over who goes month by month through the movies of 30 years ago mm-hmm. or just through the 80s they're, they're going through the 80s month by month and it got pretty trolly uh honestly there there was some pretty mean comments about it and while they were fighting amongst themselves i sort of waited in it was like uh guys we actually were we're even more similar to this concept mm-hmm. so if you're gonna have a discussion could we be a part of it and um the folks at CinemaSins, I think, faced with these two other similar shows, just said, you know, this is not worth it. And they they canceled their show. So I feel, I mean, I feel bad. They faced a lot of, pe- people were getting pretty brutal, mm-hmm. honestly. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess 80s all over fans. Some of them are very, very dedicated. Very and it's passionate. a fun show. I listened to it and I listened to the new CinemaSins show. And I felt like there was, there was kind of room for everybody to exist mm-hmm. in some form or another, maybe with some cross promotion or guest stars or special events i don't know circus of the stars stuff mm-hmm. sure but um yeah so if we have any new listeners who suddenly became aware of us through this this foo for all welcome um i also want to say thanks to 302010 fans who uh messaged cinema sins and said like you know hey this is the same show as 302010 but our fans were super nice about it mm-hmm. i didn't see one single like fuck you fucking guys you fucking assholes you're stealing everything i mean no our fans are fucking sweethearts classy. all the way uh and except for the reddit people but uh but i digress what they have to be acknowledged as shitty people once per episode oh, my boy. friends just googled me on there and like what is all this and like 
you've been around me. You tell me. Yeah. You tell you tell me if I, you tell me about my secret kid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you tell me. Um, You're our Drake. Her name is Figaro, and she's a cat. <laughs> uh, but, but thank you, Diana, for doing that. And I, I should say that, like, you know, it's hard to own a format. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I, I'm going to steal for myself eventually. Uh, but what you can do is support individuals like that. We're not as big as those people. So not can, even close. Not even close. And again, I have to say, the CinemaSins guys, I thought they they did it in a very nice way when they were sort of faced with a bunch of new information. They mm-hmm. pretty much said, okay, yeah, you're right. They could have doubled down and been like, fuck all y'all, and just thrown their weight around. And yeah. they were very nice. Wished us luck. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, and that's why I, at the top, I got to point out things like patreon.com slash laser time. At any moment, this oversaturated universe of podcast uh, could be just ripped off completely by a bigger corporate network uh, hosted by Oprah and Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> and like some other celebrity mm-hmm. uh, you, you have heard of. And the only way you can support smaller podcasts like us and keep these networks like the Laser Time Network on the air is at patreon.com slash laser time. A very little bit of money can go a long way towards smaller networks like ours. And we do appreciate yep. everyone who donates to us. Holy shit, this is a long intro. Ugh, give it to me again, <laughs> Trump. What do we do? It happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and it's going to happen now. It's <laughs> Yeah. I love and it's going to happen now. I have no idea what it's, he's talking about. I'm guessing immigrant caravans or, or hurricanes or the yeah. existence of Puerto Rico. I heard about it 30, <laughs> no. 20, and 10 years ago. Um but He's talking about a giant pile of McDonald's reaching to the sky. It is really? Mm. That's actually when he was talking. Yeah, he was talking. He's talking about his, the... his fucking buffet of diabetes. No, he, that's not what he was talking about, but that's when he was talking. Okay, okay. Oh, boy. And I would eat all that shit 13, 20, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Wish and I it's get happening away from fast now. Food. And it's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of, uh, you know, not a lot of news to kick off January 25th to the 31st, but we start as we always do in 1989. If you're new to the show, the next segment will be 1999, and then a segment after that will be 2009. Uh, but we usually kick it off with some kind of news. We don't have much today because like, when I went back to look through the news, like all anybody's talking about is the Super Bowl, Super Bowl victory mm-hmm. of... Uh, of the 49ers. And if you remember when yeah. like, in a much smaller world, like a Super Bowl victory was celebrated for what felt like two and a half weeks. That's true. Every, yeah. every player was on every talk show. They do a parade mm-hmm. a week later mm-hmm. and we'd all have to sit there and watch this victory to the city we didn't live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, it's, well, I'm not a sports fan. I should say to any new listeners, there you go. Uh, but yeah, you'll you catch know. on. <laughs> you'll catch on in a little bit as I mispronounce the word Broncos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What we're better at here is movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's talk about the movies of 1989, January 25th to the 31st, where Rain Man is definitely still number one of the box office. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been out for over a month now. That's crazy to me. It seems crazy yeah. now, yeah. It's just so astounding when there's no guns happening or explosions or people flying. <laughs> it's, just <a> tri- <laughs> it's just a trip to Vegas. They made yeah. like 50 grand in Vegas. It's a buddy, it's a buddy trip show. A buddy brother movie. Buddy, yeah. But there's other stuff out, uh, including, oh, one thing I can't wait to talk about, but not No Retreat, No Surrender 2, starring uh, Lauren Avedon and Cynthia Rothrock, whom I do love. Mm. Uh, I do love Cynthia Rothrock. So uh, No Retreat, No Surrender was a fighting movie uh, with Jean-Claude Van Damme in it, and it's just about, you know, having like a tournament, a fight. This has nothing to do with that. They just took the title. It's about some guys that go to Thailand and then there's like a war and someone gets kidnapped and then they're shooting and fighting, but now they're in Vietnam maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 
I just I like I watched like a ton of trailers and all of them just like it's just shots of random guns. I don't know what I'm looking at. Yeah, we used to devour these types of movies in the early 2000s. These straight to video, mm-hmm. almost always some other like we have to go back to Vietnam for some reason, and for some yes. reason there's going to be two rape scenes. And, <laughs> like it's, but then there's a lot of ass kicking. Like okay. that's what I don't know. These types of movies are wonderfully terrible. I, I, I don't know that I've seen this one, but they all fucking blend together. Mm. Uh, I yeah. do know I like Undefeatable, starring Cynthia Rothrock quite a bit. It's well, one of Cynthia my Cynthia Rothrock, I always like because she's the rare female B-level action yeah. star. Yes. She actually can, can physically kick ass. She's not just there to take off her top and get rescued. And it's great because she's like the only female ass kicker of that era. And it's the 80s. Mm-hmm. Her outfits just make her look like a Street Fighter character. It's, that, it's is awesome. what I, that is what I'm picturing in it's my awesome. head right now. Is oh. a, is a character of like when, when like the 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 sides of her underwear like go up to her armpits yes, like that yeah, kind of thing. Very specific, <laughs> and I know I'm picturing it in my head right now. Over tights, it's wonderful. Yes, uh, but on the more popular front, Burt Reynolds, yeah, baby. Uh, no, not throwing shade at Ted McGinley, uh, Kay Lenz, and Ned Beatty and Theresa Randall, but. Burt Reynolds stars in physical evidence. As a lawyer, it's her job to protect his life. But she became part of it. Now, who will protect her? Burt Reynolds, Teresa Russell, physical evidence. Starts Friday. I I almost got an inkling of what that was actually about, but oh man, it's it's tough to... it's, It's tough to see... Burt Reynolds having just died on this mm-hmm. weird... Because every time we talk about one of his movies on 30, 2010 at this point, it's in his decline. Yeah. And oh, they are declining so fast. I every It's another one where I look through a bunch of different trailers and none of them are mentioning Burt Reynolds. Like, it, how are you not putting Burt up front right. and he's yeah. like a cop and he's going to protect the lawyer lady? I mean, I think I think he's past his Hal Needham days where he can just like throw a bunch of his friends in the movies, wink at the camera, yeah. mm-hmm. and just have a ton of fun. With a, at the cost of a lot of studio money, yeah. Uh, but those are my favorite Burt Reynolds things. And but then they made it back, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. I don't think anyone made their money back on this one. Yeah, mm. I think it's really telling that the trailer has no dialogue, <laughs> absolutely none. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so Sam actually watched this. Mm-hmm. He saw because I mentioned it was coming up, oh, and wow. I was like, this kind of sounds like an erotic thriller, which is. Sam and I love a good erotic thriller. Like, we are always on board to see really? some good 80s saxophone. Love a good 90-minute spank. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't chase at all. supposed to be, like, a quasi-sequel to Jagged Edge okay. at one point. Okay. They wanted to get Glenn Close in there again. And, uh, oh, what's his name? Dom DeLuise. I'm still thinking about that. Sure. Let's go with Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise no, I, <laughs> in a romantic yeah. erotic thriller mm-hmm. uh, with Glenn Close. Uh, no. Actually, what I was trying to go on was uh, 30, 20, 10 patron state Robert Loja. Yeah. Anyway, um, right. But the other weird thing about it is this is the last directorial work of Michael Crichton. Yes, oh, that's shit. right. It is a Michael Crichton. See, I only think about the, freaking weird. Yeah, I only think about the original Westworld as something he directed, uh-huh. but I, I can't imagine he stopped there. That, that movie did well. Or uh, was it Great Train Robbery? That's pretty yep. good. Okay. Yeah. Sean Connery? Okay. Yeah. All right, so how was physical evidence? What did well, Sam say? Uh, Sam's review was that it looks like a supposed to be a, a erotic thriller, but it was neither erotic nor thrilling. <laughs> Burt Reynolds <laughs> never took off his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so I think his review, I was actually going to watch it too, and then... I got busy, aka I think I'd probably fall asleep on the couch. Um, and so, yeah, he was like, yeah, it's fine. Don't bother. It looks bowling, but it's knowing what I know boring. about your husband, one of my best friends in the universe, mm-hmm. uh, he would rather watch 
anything on late night HBO other than like a, like in a face of a cartoon or a late night talk show. He'll watch any dog 100%, shit movie. Hundred percent. HBO 100%. would show at 19, 1989 at nine. He o'clock. was really like he was like yeah I'll totally watch that I'm totally down for it. This is like right in his wheelhouse. Well if I am I if I may roughly transition from uh, Michael Crichton. No I can't even do that. I was going to say an actor's direct. Hmm. Uh, that's a that's a writer directing. Yep. But I didn't. I had seen glimpses of this movie. It's it's since become like almost a whisper. Like, does this movie even really exist? And was it directed by Bob Balaban? Yes, it was. Yep. Yes, it was. The really dark Canadian comedy Parents, starring uh, Mary Beth Hurt and Randy Quaid as cannibals. The Lemley family is moving up in the world. Rise and shine. But something is eating at young Michael Lemley. You're not scared of your room, are you? Michael, the cellar's dark. Everything's dark at night. His parents think Michael's problem is in his head. But Michael knows it's on his plate. Where are we? Leftovers, honey. Leftovers from mom. <laughs> from the refrigerator. We have leftovers every day since we moved here. I'd like to know what they were before they were leftovers. Before that, they were leftovers to be. <laughs> movie is so it it feels like a dream yes because i think it tries it it tries for the whole to conceit in the movie that this might be a dream maybe his parents aren't really cannibals Mm. truth is they are Mm. uh yeah but this is a fun one though i really do enjoy this this is i I saw the second we got into 1989 a couple different people were like oh my god parents are coming up uh yeah because it is so black because Randy Quaid, he is such a like he's not cousin Eddie, man. He is the perfect fifties dad. Oh yes, yeah. It's yeah. set in the nineteen fifties. So sweet. It's it, like glasses and his real creamed hair and everything is great, son. It's like leave it to Beaver around here, except for the meat grinder. And, and it's I mean, he does crazy eyes real good too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. especially knowing what we know now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was reading Roger Ebert's review and it was just like dead on why it's awesome in a review where he's panning it like that Bob Balaban can't distinguish between like black comedy and something horrifically nightmarish that doesn't need to be there which is what makes this movie so memorable. You know, I feel like that tracks for Bob Balaban honestly. I don't know what else he's directed he just pops up in a bunch of brand. stuff uh, a bunch of stuff with his friends that I really like Bob yeah. Balaban Great dude. My husband met him on the plane. That's true. That's true. Cool. I think it was, was he filming the recount movie in yeah. Tallahassee? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, man. And I have no memory of this film. I have <sighs> a yes memory of this film, oddly this enough. This next film, yeah. except for the fact that I, as a kid, this is the first time I encountered the word and the title, and I had never encountered it before, and I didn't know how to say it, so I remember- Three? Uh, yes, you're, three. You're the word three. No, man, I was a Sesame Street kid. You're not going to <laughs> fuck around when it comes to single digits on me. Uh-huh. No, I was just go through the paper and read what was out like, uh, ooh, uh, Oliver and Company, three fugitives. Mm-hmm. Fugitives. <laughs> fugitives. And like just not talking to anybody, I said it like that forever. I think it took 10 years to like correct me on the oh, pronunciation wow. of fugitive. And uh, Three Fugitives, starring Nick Nolte, Martin Short, James Earl Jones, and Alan Ruck. From Touchstone Pictures, after five years in jail, Daniel Lucas is going straight to the bank. Enter Ned Paris. This is a A guy who's decided to give crime a try. You! You come on with me. Pick someone else. Now that they're together, there's just one small complication. I just want to introduce you to my daughter. No kids, especially your... Nick Nolte. When you're on the lam, you don't want to be noticed. Martin Short. You keep your head down, guys, on the ground. Three fugitives. What's with the way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh man, I wish Martin Short was in more movies. God damn it! Yeah, yeah. 
No, I. What if we put uh, Martin Short in Forty Eight Hours, but now they're bank robbers instead of cops, and it's so wacky. But so little is out that this will actually creep up to number one next week. No, wow, I don't doubt it. And it was it was during that string of that um, went all the way to the birdcage of remakes of what is it? Francis Weber. He has a, fr- a French mm-hmm. pseudonym that mm-hmm. he directs under. But uh, an American remake, although he did direct, write and direct this American remake mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. movie that originally starred Gerard Depardieu. Ah. And the only thing I could find that was interesting about this, uh, Nick Nolte had already starred as the Gerard Depardieu character in the American remake of Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Oh. And Martin Short had the other, who, the other guy in the original Fugitive movie, Martin, who played by Martin Short, he had already played that guy's character in the American remake of Pure Luck. So it's just this long string of like French remake movies and Nick Nolte and Martin Short were in two of them. Uh, to, well, what was the, what was the conceit though? He, why he was robbing a bank was well, it I think like it's that it's a that medical Nick, bill. Nick Nolte right. is a former bank robber who accidentally gets right, but Martin caught up Short, in a, a botched bank robbery by Martin Short, a, no, a non professional former bank worker. Right, but he was right. like, I feel robbing, like he's doing it for his daughter. Yes. Yeah, it's something. Hence the third fugitive, sure. fugitive. I just, A, I definitely watched this with my parents when it came out. This is like one of those memories that's like tucked deep way back, you know, like. (laughs) Right in front of twins. Yeah, I was three and a (laughs) half when this came out. So like something imprinted on me. And then also seeing it in the video store, like. Yes. Because it's pretty, it's a pretty cute video like little, image of mm-hmm. Nick Nolte holding Martin Short holding the little girl it's pretty cute looking like they weren't ready to have their picture taken yeah so both giving <laughs> looks at the camera yeah. Yeah. hey if I want to watch a bank robbery with a baby in it I'm watching Raisin Arizona again yeah mm-hmm. oh, oh I'm sorry I can't not do <laughs> never John leave Goodman. a man behind never leave a man behind <laughs> uh, but 1989 television here's where it gets Boring. Lots of TV movies, <laughs> no real TV premieres, but we do have the Golden Globes. Actually, let's close off the segment with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> just because uh, I we don't have I, no memorable sketches came out of Tony Danza's uh, hosting stint on SNL yeah. with musical musical guest John Hyatt. Hello. Huh? It's okay. Yeah. I hadn't heard of this week's right. SNL musical guest either. So True. actually, this week's SNL, I had I did not know who the host and the musical guest was for the first time in my life. That's right. I had to explain to you. Who it the host was a big was. bummer. Yeah. I hadn't seen Miss Maisel yet. Uh, uh. <laughs> and, uh, but we do have wonderful, wonderful TV movies as far mm-hmm. as the eye can see, up to and including Home Fires Burning, starring Bernard Hughes, Bill Pullman, and Neil Patrick Harris. Hello, baby. Yeah, little baby Neil Patrick Harris. Um, This is about a guy in the 40s. I think he moves back to his town, and then there's issues with his family. I did not realize how often Bernard Hughes was in stuff as, like, wise, crotchety old grandpa. Like, every he was in everything in the 80s as wise, crotchety <laughs> grandpa. That was just his job. Yeah, it's going to be my job. I keep podcasting for the next 10 years, <laughs> doing this in another segment. 40, 30, 20, 10, welcome. Um, it's another TV movie that airs on the same day. She knows too much. I mean, this sounds like a fake title of a TV movie. <laughs> oh my god! I was I was hoping that this was going to be a man tries to murder his wife kind of TV movie, mm-hmm. and instead it's a wacky TV movie, mm-hmm. and it has the ad leading right into the showing, and it's so <laughs> fucking wacky in eighties. I kind of want to shoot myself. 
Uh, here it is. Robert Urich and Meredith Baxter. Just Meredith Baxter? Uh, no, oh, no they... she was Bas- Baxter Bernie still. Yeah. Baxter Bernie? Okay. Uh, and she knows too much. She's a cat burglar. This is a classy lady. And what she knows can get her killed. He's a first-time cop. He's an SOB. Special Operations Bureau. And what he doesn't know can kill them both. Robert Urich. Somebody tamper with my car. Oh, no kidding. Meredith Baxter Bernie. You're almost cute. She knows too much. Yeah. A world premiere movie next. <laughs> And it's like the image is like a gun and then a, lipstick. a pink lipstick. Ugh. What? Wah, wah. Think lady cops are leaving their lipstick at home? I don't think so. That's true. I've seen a lot of a lot of videos on the internet lately. Never mind. Um, on the 29th, uh, Shining Time Station debuts. Should I recognize that? Well, in the U.S. In that's the US. Uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank. Is it? Is yes. It, is it really? Yes. Because I, I, I remember reading the one Thomas the Tank Engine book, and then I blinked, grew mm-hmm. up a little bit, and Thomas was fucking everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, and now he's a meme, and I'm like, I, I'm like, is this a dream? Like, I don't... <laughs> it's like one of the few, like, kids' television programs from when I was age-appropriate to mm-hmm. have watched it that la- has lasted up until now, I feel like. Okay, yeah, because I know only Sesame Street has been left standing after right. all this. Barney, gone. Teletubbies, out of here. Yep. Uh, and all Thomas that Lerum. was after I was a little baby. Mm-hmm. So this, like, I was, like, right in the wheelhouse for this for my PBS household I mean, to I get, watch this. I get guys, I did. little boys liking it because, like, that's why Disney keeps making Cars horse shit because, mm. like, Again, the brilliant measure of like giving a name and personality to little vroom vroom cars mm-hmm. is brilliant. I can't believe it took thirty like just thirty years ago when people found out that they could do that because little boys in their vroom vrooms yeah. love them. Yeah. Uh, but it I was... think it always appealed to me because it it was very gentle. Mm-hmm. Almost no one was ever in peril. I also always loved Percy, who is like the kind of mean, sassy, like <laughs> <laughs> probably gay train, and he was green. And also, it was all shot like I was watching miniatures. Yeah. You know? Like, everything mm-hmm. looked like a miniature train set, even though, like, it, I guess it was, I guess. Well, yeah. they were. It was yeah. all, like, like some kind of stop motion process. Yeah. Because I, I know they have a CG version now, but they mm-hmm. clung to, like, practical Thomas effects for a real long time. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, the two, you know, human hosts that led into it Ooh, were... was it George Carlin? George Carlin and then um, George Harrison. Really? Yeah. No, no Ringo, Ringo Starr. Ringo, Ringo Starr, Star. excuse me. Yeah. But not the movie. And I was a huge fan as a three-and-a-half-year-old, so I was like really into <laughs> the it. The movie, I think, was Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin right. was a Mr. Conductor. Yeah. And I always miss it because I was a big George Carlin fan, and in his stand-up special, he's like, fuck your kids, they're not special, and this is Mr. <laughs> Conductor talking, mm-hmm. and it's not on the CD. <laughs> uh, it's only in the live special. I'm like... Is that the really the edit you you felt uncomfortable with, yeah. Mister Mister uh, Carlin? I love that. Uh, yeah, I don't want to don't want to fuck with the kids. I actually really love them. Uh, but also <laughs> on the no on the thirtieth, the sixteenth annual American Music Awards. Yay! Hosts Anita mm-hmm. Baker, Debbie Gibson, Kenny Rogers, and Rod Stewart. Yeah. Oof. Hey, I, we found our Oscar hosts. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Please, fucking do it. Please, please wheel out Go Rod Stewart it. to host the Oscars. Oh my God, I would love it. I would really appreciate that. And on the 31st of, of January on television, another TV movie. Dr- sounds interesting. It's got a David Lynchian cast, Dream yeah. Breakers, featuring uh, Kyle McLaughlin and patron saint of Laser Time, Robert Loja. I could not find a good promo for it. Like, like it's like almost nothing out there. I about bet it's it. just Inception. Yeah. 
Enterprise. It's a really good name for no, Inception. It's actually it's about like a construction family oh, and damn. their oh, conflict. Right. And it's yes. like this is a terrible title for that. I, I don't know what else you would call that. Kyle McLaughlin is a priest, I think. Mm, I saw okay. this in some of the promo like in a still image. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. I'll take it. Kyle McLaughlin, nineteen ninety nine, anything. Give it to me. Yeah. Uh, but th- <laughs> see that's it. There's no there's no real games out in nineteen eighty nine. I know Mega Man two is making its slow American debut as it rolls across the country. Literally, because that's how games are released with no real date. Just when it arrives in your town, you'll know. Uh, there was not even a I think an American commercial for Mega Man two. No one knew what to expect. Mm. From uh, the sequel to the game that not many people had heard about, but uh, Capcom had enough faith in to make another one and redefine, uh, kind of create a gaming icon from the second game on. Uh, but music, we can always talk about music of 1989 because it's back, baby. Uh, do you want to go? Wait, do you want to go back to Golden Globes? Oh, sorry. Yes, we should go back to Golden Globes. Um, we should see who won. It's 1989. It is the 46th annual Golden Globes, and you'll never guess what film took the Drama Award. Anyone? Anyone? Rain Man. Rain Man, of course, it's Rain Man. Dustin Hoffman also won Best Actor. Working Girl won uh, Best Musical or Comedy, beating out the inferior Who Famed Roger Rabbit and A Fish Called Wanda, which I know Diane and I really appreciate. Mm. Oh, and Midnight Run and Big. And Big. Okay, now that is a great category. All five of those are fucking classics. Yeah. But But which is the one? Out of them, (laughs) I don't know if I'd pick Working Girl as the best one. I think if you were to make this poll now, working, which one of these do you recognize and Working Girl would lose? Yeah. That's true. You think, oh, no. I think working, like, which one do you recognize? On, yes. Like, which images? one would a kid recognize? No one watches Working Girl anymore. What kid is watching the Golden yeah, Globes? <laughs> no. Well, I'm just saying, like, in a modern, Golden yeah. Globes is mostly a popularity contest anyway. Right. What movie is the yeah. most popular? Yeah. Uh, and I cannot believe it's beating out Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Midnight Run Big, and A Fish Called Wanda. All movies that are very, are much, I don't know, I don't want to call, I want to say much more watchable, just Working Girl is very of its time. Very, very yeah. 80s movie. And that mm. totally works for it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's a nice snapshot. Mm. It plays different. It plays a little bit different now than it would then. But so what's what's going does. on the, in the and Melanie Griffith also also won for uh, comedic actress as well mm-hmm. uh, yep. as did Tom Hanks for Big. But what's happening in the drama? Is that three winners? Is that a three way tie? A three way tie between so Jodie Foster in The Accused, uh, Shirley MacLaine, and Madam. So Zizka, uh, yeah. Zizka, and, and Sigourney yeah. Weaver for Gorillas in the Mist. I don't know if this is just a uh, Wikipedia problem. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a real fuck you to Christine Lodge yeah, and give Meryl Streep. Don't give <laughs> away God. the trade secrets of our show. We almost had it stolen from us, Diana. No, no, no. This is we're on the LexisNexis. you got to pay to be here. Um, and uh, Best Director, Clint Eastwood and Bird. And um, I'm already bored with it's the It's kind of surprising because no one cared, really cared too much about that movie. And then uh, TV, 30-something, one drama, Wonder Years, musical or comedy. Good. Yay. And Candace Bergen went in for uh, com- Comedian, and it uh, looks like another three-way tie for comedic actor. Michael J. Fox, Family Ties, Judd Hirsch, Dear John, and Richard Mulligan, Empty Nest. Jesus. Ron Perlman winning for Beauty and the Beast. Have we talked about Beauty and the Beast yet? We, I don't think... Yeah, it, uh, yeah okay. we did a while I think ago. I did before, I think Not it, a lot. It was before my time, probably. Well, it was my mom. What a, oh. My mom loved I'm the show. I'm pretty sure my so mom loved it, too. That meant I hated it, okay. because we had one TV <laughs> and like four channels, and if your mom loved an hour long drama right before you went to bed, it was like this is this is ruining our relationship. The beautiful beast man. No, no. All right, we'll we'll talk about more then when the finale comes around because I want to I need I want a chance to revisit. Did you actually it. remember it? Oh yeah. All right, all right. Well, let's take out 1989 with some of the new music uh, released January 25th through the 31st. We have new releases from Gary Moore after the war. 
Uh, New Order releases Technique. Life is Too Short by, you'll never guess, Too Short. Warrant's debut, Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinking Rich. Uh, Snakes and Ladders by Nazareth. But of course, Two Hearts by Phil Collins is still number one because it's still the 80s, man. But we'll close out with Warrant in in heaven. And when we see Uh, you again... Come on. I I love this song. I cannot stand this stripper stripper ballad (laughs) music. No, I hate it. Uh, We will hopefully get some better music. We enter into 1999. Stay right there, everyone. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast but don't know where to start? How about design sounds for a video game or movie? Then you need to check out blipsounds.com. There you'll find YouTube videos, a game audio training series, and even a Discord community full of industry professionals and enthusiasts alike trying to hone their craft in a friendly and supportive environment. You can compete in monthly design competitions to win courses and bragging rights, or check out the challenges and side quest section for even more ways to explore sound design. And for a limited time, you can get 30% off three full months of the game audio Audio training series. That's right. Interviews, sound analysis, design breakdowns, and more using the promo code LASER. That's right. L-A-S-E-R for 30% off three whole months of the game audio training series. Thank you, Blipsounds.com, a new way to learn about sound design. Welcome to 1999, because we are coming in with Foxy Brown's hotspot off of China Doll. Come on, you know it's 1999 when you hear Foxy Brown. Well, I guess unless you're a big Pam Greer fan, you might be confused. But we don't have a 70s portion of this show. Listen to Laser Time's Blaxploitation episode. You want to hear more about uh, Pam Greer and Foxy Brown? It's really good. Hell yeah. Uh, it's 1999, people. We're talking about January 25th to the 31st, and these are the other albums that came out this week. 1999 by Cassius, uh, Apocalypse Dudes by Turbo Negro, Dreaming Neon Black by Nevermore, and Science Fiction by Blackmail. Have You Ever by Brandy is still number one. And thank you, Brandy, for defeating R. Kelly. I feel like we rightly get some criticism for not talking as much about music sure. and not knowing as much about music. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I have not heard of a single band you just said, <laughs> like not even ringing a bell in any way. I have heard of Turbo Negro enough to pronounce their name incorrectly on purpose because okay. I'm not saying that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that I never. No, I'm thinking of. No. I have drawn a blank on it. I usually I can yeah, recognize no, no, at least recognize if not have like listened to at least one of the bands. But Whoops, the Daisy, we are remiss. Yeah. Hey, but that's what the comment sections exactly. are for. We do a comment show just for our patrons at patreoncom slash time We support not only this show but the whole Laser Time network, enlighten and they get to us. yell back at us. Please enlighten, enlighten us. us. I should be less negative about yeah. it. Yeah, enlighten us. Fill us in on what we're missing here. Who is this blackmail? Uh, <laughs> It sounds like a cop in a 1970s movie. Uh, but we're in, we're in uh, January 25th through the 31st. Um, not No news to speak of today, but uh, got a lot of movies to talk about. Or some movies. Or fuck it, just one really notable movie that like yeah. sort of yeah. is like 1999 in a fucking nutshell. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thickest Thieves, Alec Baldwin, Michael Jai White, Andre Brower, Rebecca DeMornay. I have not seen this movie. In the dog-eat-dog business of organized crime, 
Cleus. Kendall Mackin is the world's greatest thief. Bottom line is there's money up there, and I'm gonna go and get me some. Pointy Williams is a gangster with a practical side. What kind of black man drives a Volvo? A black man that appreciates safety. This bad boy got side airbags, kid. But when they not get over this fucking Seinfeld music. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so true. Uh, I know. This doesn't so... even look totally terrible because, like, remember when Alec Baldwin all he did all he did was serious stuff and it was unintentionally hilarious. Yes. And then he just decided to be funny and we all loved him. Yeah. It's it's happening yeah. right now. Nineteen ninety nine. I I still haven't quite figured out if this movie is a comedy or a drama because some of the marketing is super edgy drama. Mm. He's on a run for his life from the mob who's coming <laughs> to get him. And then then there's all the ads are like this where it's like it's kind of like lighter and sort of wacky about you know, a thief who goes, uh, you know, has a problem with the, this mob and then they start fighting and double crossing each other. And and the black guy always, with the Volvo. <laughs> Come on. You know, always love seeing Michael Jai White. Oh. He's like a lot less buff in this mm-hmm. than I'm used to seeing him as. Like, I'm used to seeing him as, you know, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. And this is like, oh my gosh, you're like normal sized. He's not, he's not black dynamite size nor spawn size. No. Uh, no. I love Black Dynamite so much. He looks kind of normal size, but Alec Baldwin is heading towards, he's starting to put on the weight. Yeah. yeah. He's heading, he's heading there. I mean, moving when... out of, moving, moving out of leading man, heading towards character actor where he should have been the whole time. I really feel like, I mean, being on 302010 has given me a lot of gifts and one of them has being able to truly see the evolution of, um, of Alec Baldwin. Mm. Like, cause he's come up a couple <laughs> times in movies that I've watched for research yeah. and like, especially like mystic pizza. Wait, was he a mystic pizza? You're talking no, way. working girl, working girl, mm-hmm. like working girl. He's still like young, hot, skinny. And now like, you're really seeing his cover 30 rock 30 years later. Mm-hmm. It's like the evolution of man poster. Yeah, and he's, <laughs> he's, he's hosted SNL the most times. Uh, the only person who's close to that will mention in the next segment. Oh. Uh, That's right. I have not seen Vince Vaughn's Monica Potter's Joey Lauren Adams. This is, is a cool dry place. Here's a, fun seeing that? Here's a fun fact about this one. What's that? Joey Lauren Adams is actually not Renee Zellweger. <laughs> <laughs> you know now. Yeah. Yeah. Now that, now that it's, it's impossible taken me to mistake years to figure that out. It's impossible to mistake them now, given how Renee Zellweger looks. She oh. just chose a new face. Well, we get to see her old face again in 2008. Or, I'm sorry, in 2009. Um, it'll only take me three more months of saying that, you guys. So <laughs> hang in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is one of those like super indies that they probably made like as their friend's film or something. Cause mm-hmm. it's about like a guy goes back to his hometown and there's problems. But oh. there's like no it's you know, it's pretty low budget and there's just a couple actors and you know It's real boring. Whatever. There's there's like a million movies like this. No, like, knowing I've what never we know heard now, of this, and there's a reason why. Knowing mm-hmm. what we know now, this you can file this in possibly into movie that was only made so Harvey Weinstein could sleep with somebody. Mm. This there are tons entirely of, possible. This, seriously, oh. that's that okay. was the Miramax gig. Like, what the fuck is this? This movie I just mean, looks special. That would make sense because I watched mm-hmm. most of this movie and it's real boring. <laughs> like it's just yeah. That's how I feel about most stuff that Vince Vaughn did outside of Swingers up until like o- old school. Like he chose some really boring indie shit. Yeah. yeah. To, to be in. He was, it was no longer exciting to see him and stuff. Um, and that's how I feel about him now. Uh, but <laughs> if you were live in 1999, awake in, on <sighs> January 25th to the 31st, it was unavoidable uh, that you wouldn't have been aware of a movie starring Usher, Paul Walker, Matthew Lillard, 
Rachel Lee Cook and Freddie Prinze Jr. Number one at the box office this week. She's all that. She was the class outcast until he took a bet. You got six weeks to turn her into the prom queen. You know what I'm talking about. Now, oh, God. He's about to discover you're beautiful. She's all that. Rated PG-13. Opens Friday in theaters everywhere. Man, that is not a coincidence with the soundtrack. This is all actually on the soundtrack. In fact, Kiss Me comes from this movie. Yes. Rockefeller Skank features prevalently in the soundtrack. It's oh. Oh, all the all the like the quintessential nineties horse horseshit bands are here. I mean, I don't think it should surprise anyone. This makes me angry. Does it? <laughs> uh, it is not the most well, woke cop for movie. That was a coin flip for me because either this was going to make you like angry as a militant feminist, or it was going to like warm your heart as someone who actually does like romantic comedies. Yeah, no, I could see it could go either way, but mm-hmm. angry. Uh huh. <laughs> it's so terrible. It's <laughs> it's so bad. Like I don't even know where do I begin. This man fixes this girl by taking her glasses <laughs> off and making her a less interesting he human put being. put gel in her hair. She's prettier, question mark, but she's less interesting, and mm. that's the best part. I think she really came out of her shell, and it just took this one jock misogynist to make it all, all happen for You her. know what? He, she should be thankful. He ruined her. She was about to take all of that angst and pour it into art school probably and like become a business. real cool. Yeah. Instead, she's probably just going to get knocked up at the end of this dance. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's the point, right? The, the proposition mm-hmm. to uh, the, the coolest is this guy a in school. Play? No, it, 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 no, it, it, this is Pygmalion or My Fair Lady. Yeah, yeah, of course, that's right. Which is a, a story, a surprise, ladies, has been told throughout time. Uh, where well, men we just need to get fixed so often. <laughs> no, uh-huh. you're supposed to fix men. That's how it works. Oh, um, a man needs true. to tell us what to do. That's true. But, at, but in the end. We do all this work in order to turn them into a better human being. Yeah, you just got to work on two people. I work on I, I do the yard work. It's it will work out. I swear, ladies. I'm single. That's all I'm saying. I will say a good thing yeah. about this movie. I love a group dance scene. Is Choreographed it, oh, number. Of course, at the prom. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have seen this. It's just that like this like completely rolled off of my back. This movie was not for me. Yeah. Uh, but I, I yeah. was definitely dating girls at the time who had to see this movie mm-hmm. because it was a really big deal and it was incredibly successful. And oh yeah. I think, I think yep. Only recently stopped being played on television like all the time. If you want to know what 1999 looked like, <laughs> I mean, obviously the fashion and the hair and all that. It's it's the kind of thing where it's like. I used to think back then, how how are we going to like have nostalgia for the 90s? Like there isn't really a distinctive look. And now I look back 20 years later, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, there was a fucking distinctive oh, look. Oh yeah, soul oh, patch bowling shirts. I need, yeah. <laughs> I need a, a baby doll t-shirt with spaghetti straps and like brown lipstick. Mm-hmm. It's Done. a, it's a oh, Delia's. You mean Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a Delia's catalog, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. Yay. I got it. I, oh, it was right oh, there. That was my jam. Uh, but she's all I that. The mm. nice thing I have to say about this is that I feel like the Freddie Prince Jr. character kind of he gets some some sort of comeuppance in it. It's not just like, thanks for making me a better person who's more attractive to men now. I love you. We're in love. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he he technically loses the bet. Spoiler alert. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so is kind of humiliated. Mm. So it's like at least he pays a tiny price, tiny price of being naked at graduation. Yeah, 
Which, oh, please. by the way, is always... God, That's what, true. Like, wouldn't that be an awesome legal excuse for being, being caught naked in public? Being naked at graduation, that character I is lost probably a really cool like, bet. you're welcome, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys in high school loved getting naked. It used to be funny. I swear... No, okay. It uh, was never funny. Oh... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nobody wants to see your You dick, ask y'all. your husband about those Polaroids with my balls on his head. Like, that will <laughs> always be funny. Um, <laughs> and no one gets blood dumped on them, and no one's kinetic true. powers kill I mean, anybody. Nobody. And that really disappointed me in this agreed. movie. Agreed. A thousand percent agree. It's true. Uh, but TV gets even bigger for me, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Zubumafu? Ba- Is that how you, how you say it? Zubumafu? Yeah. Is this like an Australian show? Is this the one with like the, 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 the puppet lemur? The really creepy looking lemur? Yes. See? Yes, I do know what this is. But I would have been like, it would have been illegal for me to watch this. <laughs> I'd be on some watch list somewhere. Uh, that debuts, I'm going to guess, on PBS or Animal Planet. But the one I did I did remember uh, was WWE Hall, <laughs> Hall of Famer Drew Carey. Yes, he is. What? Really? <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Drew Carey is in the WWE Hall of Fame. This, I think, is is, is paving the way for that because mm. this is an episode of the Drew Carey show called Rats. Uh, Rats, Kate's dating a wrestler <laughs> with guest star <laughs> Paul Levis, as Sarah had written down. I'm guessing not recognizing that name at all. I mean, but, I figured it'd be fun to yes, say who the guest Paul star Levis. is and then reveal who we all know him to be. It's true. And, and this I use is, the term we loosely. And uh, here's a tiny little clip from the, the end of the episode. Promoting the gang's buzz beer. I'm gonna rip his head off. I'm gonna pull out his spine and drink his blood. And to wash down that blood, I'm gonna drink a nice cold buzz beer. <laughs> hey, he didn't spit it out. Yeah. <laughs> an unspoken appearance by China Doll, mm-hmm. uh, right there to the right, and uh, yeah, the the future Miss Mr. McMahon. Uh, Triple H. Mm. Triple H uh, is in the episode ah. with his then girlfriend, China. Wrestling fans will be like, ooh, scandalous. Uh, but speaking of real sports, um, sports that's not entertaining. Speaking of real sports. Uh, there's a Super Bowl out there. And the Denver Broncos, I told you I'd mispronounce it, beat the Atlanta Falcons because everybody does. Always. God damn it. I, they used <laughs> I just want to do the Dirty Birds so bad. They were the closest team to me growing up as a kid. I, would, oh. I always had a little bit of affection. And Dean, primetime Deion Sanders played for them. I mean, yes, I've always been torn because, you know, primetime mm-hmm. Dion. Mm-hmm. Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up in Pensacola, actually, the Saints are my real true love of mm-hmm. NFL teams. Hey. A real fucking... A real loop. Shit show this they won weekend. One, at least once in my lifetime, I think. Holy shit. Look at this weirdo halftime show, though. Oh, my God. I love this halftime show. <laughs> I do, too. I want them all playing together. I want them playing separately because it is Gloria Stefan, Stevie Wonder, <laughs> and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Holy shit. I'm down for all they of They are it. covering all the 90s bases. Yeah. Uh, if you can call Stevie yeah. Wonder a 90s base, or even Gloria Stefan, no. for that matter. I want them to just um, do Stevie Wonder songs. Yeah, me too. Sure. That's all I want. With more, with more Big Bad Voodoo Daddy trombone action. I mean, Gloria Estefan has some real party bangers. Oh, hell yeah. That's I mean, true. I love Gloria Estefan. The rhythm has gotten me many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> Sorry. She tried to warn you, Sarah. She, you she know, tried to tell you. She was the instigator, <sighs> her being randomly on someone's mix CD, our friend Darby, uh, uh-huh. threw on a mix CD on a party freshman year, and it turned into a spontaneous limbo party. <laughs> and it was one of the best <laughs> nights of my life. <laughs> and uh, I never get tired of telling the story. I always laugh when I hear that song because... 
I just barely heard it and went to the now defunct Ringling Brothers and Barnum Bailey Circus, and they used to make that poor ringmaster sing current hits. So just <laughs> oh, no. like this poor guy you can barely sing, like trying to group rhythm is gonna get you while like tigers balance around. <laughs> like it was such a rhythm is gonna get you. Yeah, you, ladies and gentlemen. Like it's so fucking weird. That is so depressing. Rhythm is gonna get you. <laughs> what a depressing Ugh. <laughs> never... I don't know why. Is the voice is making me think of Robert Goulet? It is. Yes, That's what he was exactly. doing. That's what I'm I think picturing of. Robert Goulet in a, in a ringmaster outfit. In a shitty civic center with tortured animals trying to balance on balls everywhere. It was that fucking is ridiculous. Grim. Uh, the rhythm got them. Uh, but I do. Here's the thing about the Super Bowl. It does have a specific memory for me as a non sports fan. Hmm. I, I usually watch the Super Bowl with friends because why not? Uh, unless I can avoid it, unless there's some great movie out. I usually try and catch up on my Oscar shit around then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember it was the first Super Bowl I saw in a friend who friend's house who had their own place because I'm getting to that mm-hmm. age. Yeah. And I mainly yeah. remember that by what debuted next. Mm. Uh, oh, before we get to that, mm-hmm. can I say there is one other thing I really remember from this? Mm-hmm. There was an ad during the Super Bowl that blew everybody's minds really? we were like what the fuck is that no one could remember the name of it but that new keanu reeves movie that looks fucking crazy yes i do oh, remember that wow. i do remember because that was the i had not seen a trailer for that before the super bowl uh-huh. that was the debut that's the the debut ads for the matrix and we were like Ooh, what the fuck is this fucking minds we and, and everyone i knew was like did you see that keanu reeves ad what the fuck is he's doing like the bending over with the bullet time and all that yes but had, no one could remember the name <laughs> we had not seen bullet time yet it's so fucking bizarre because our whole fucking podcast network is a dumb joke based on like people still doing bullet time mm-hmm. in 2008. So we clearly need something better than bullet time. What about laser time? And then we just riffed on it until we thought it was funny. Now we have a dumbass network registered with the IRS <laughs> with that fucking name. It really pisses me off. Should have chose something better. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but okay, before we get to the, the immediate debut, what debuted after that is mm-hmm. airing on Fox is The Simpsons' Sunday Cruddy Sunday, <laughs> which uh, you may remember for having Blur Song 2 in it, mm-hmm. uh, for having a bunch of football people in it, or even having Vincent Price in it, where they discuss, is he dead? I think he's dead. And like, no. <laughs> I love the Vince. In hindsight, I love the Vincent Price, because they're using a Vincent Price toy kit based on his shrunken head mm. uh, home toy kit. <laughs> well, they... I don't, did you, mm-hmm. are you using the clip that I pulled? I, haven't, I don't know what the clip is. Oh, okay, is. because it also is very controversial with the Catholic League. It's true. And so uh, the, I pulled just a tiny bit from the controversial part of it. The Catholic Church. We've made a few changes. These Super Bowl commercials are weird. Who's <laughs> <laughs> And it was basically a ZZ Top video. And guess what? The Catholic League got mad. Real mad. that's their job. Even though they have been appointed by no one and mm. aren't affiliated with the Catholics at all. And most Catholics are like, who? Who? Why are they doing this? What? And they always get their way. Ah, it's, a, it's kind of annoying. But the much, 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 much bigger debut, I think, because uh, I just remember being here for this, like day one. Like, it's yeah. bizarre to think of a world where, where The Simpsons kind of defined Fox as a network. I think. Fox could have died in its first year, and it definitely didn't because of shit like The Simpsons. I won't say solely because of The Simpsons. And it that means it's also pretty bizarre they never embarked on another animated primetime comedy. They did with King of the Hill, but that's just two years ago. So I'm guessing animation is either that expensive or, mm-hmm. or that risky that Fox never... All these things tried to rip off The Simpsons immediately except for Fox. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it for like, for like nine years. 
And King of the Hill is not a ripoff of The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. What's a little closer to the spirit of The Simpsons is Family Guy. Mm -hmm. And that debuts after the Super Bowl this year. Uh, And here's a little clip for you. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. But where are those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely? Family Guy, it must have been a Family Guy. But just, I don't know. Like I remember watching this and being like a giant Simpsons fan. Like I can't, I can't believe the show went that far. They always sort of like Homer rarely got visibly drunk. It mm-hmm. would just be joked about that he's been drunk or he's getting drunk, but he'd still be Homer. Whereas this, like Peter Griffin, got like so hammered. I remember people like sitting around watching this at the Super Bowl. Like this is extreme <laughs> in a yeah. post-South Park world. We were like pretty shocked. Like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I've i never hated Family Guy. I've never been one of those people. But I do remember being genuinely mystified when I like went on a date with like a freshman girl when I was a senior. Like, what's your favorite show? And she's like, Family Guy. I'm like, Family Guy? I'm like, I like Family Guy too. It's nobody's favorite show, is it? And like, here, here <laughs> we stand now. Absolutely is. About? As, yeah. it, as it enters its 17th season, which of wow. course you know is weird. Because Bizarre. it's been on for 20 years, but except that it hasn't. Uh, there was two right. years where it was not on because mm-hmm. Fox did not like the show that much. And the first season's only seven seven episodes, I believe. Uh, and then they canceled it. And then Adult Swim started airing the reruns. And those started beating out like Letterman and Leno mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Family Guy came back and has never gone away and likely never will. It was even... Yeah. I, I, I rarely even watch the, sh- the show first run. I usually like, oh yeah, the Family Guy exists. And I like binge it on Hulu while I work but mm-hmm. uh, they had an episode where he fought Donald Trump and acknowledged like yeah we're not they acknowledge the jokes they might not do anymore and I thought that was really interesting because oh, the show is is yeah. always controversial but like no we were serious that wasn't just a joke we're serious about backing off oh, wow. the gay jokes a little bit wow uh, yeah. yeah I guess that's been one of my my big problems with Family Guy is that there were so many times where they were doing an edgy joke that was just sweaty as fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, we're trying so hard to be edgy, right? Aren't we naughty? We right. made a joke about black people. And it's like, sometimes they're really funny, you know, but mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, they're Some... funny, but offensive. But as long as they're funny and they're done in, you know, good good spirit, that's fine. I mean... And every now and then it's just like, holy shit, you went so far out of your way for that. Come mm-hmm. on. I'm not... You're so naughty and no. We're not supposed to say that black people like grape soda. <laughs> and it's like, guys, I'm not impressed. Uh, yeah. I, I, but I Don't still. Don't be a fucking edgelord. The, cat, the cutaways actually bother me less than the forced edgelordness. Oh, you know what? I agree. I totally agree with that. That speaking, hits the nail on the head for me, Speaking of too. which, this, is, it, this episode features the first cutaway to Kool-Aid Man. Mm-hmm. And that would become a recurring joke on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. I, I don't know why I grabbed a clip because I thought it was funny because like uh, I was always a huge cartoon fan. I couldn't like it could have been anything and mm-hmm. I would have watched this and been excited mm-hmm. for it. But um, Cartoon Network had like their pilot program, the world premiere tunes. It's where we got Powerpuff Girls and uh, Johnny Bravo and Dexter's Lab and all that stuff. And it was another cartoon three years before this by a young man named Seth MacFarlane. That he'd been tra- he'd made in other forms as well, called Larry and Steve, about a guy with a big head and his talking dog Steve. Mm. And so when I saw this show, it was like you know without the internet, I'm like I've seen this before. I hadn't, but this is what Seth MacFarlane had made three years <laughs> prior. No one could understand me until Larry showed up, and thus began the ugliest day of my life. Crying out loud! Is anyone listening? 
Wow, a dog that speaks English. What? You know, you know, I once had a Jack Russell Terrier that spoke Dutch, but I, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. So, like, I just find that amazing. It was something when I've heard these wow, voices before as yeah. a dumb guy who, who can hear his dog talk, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, the closest this will ever get you to explaining why you can hear Brian Griffin sure. speak, I suppose. I have a talking dog named Steve. No one ever makes a show about me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, although to be fair, things that Steve says involve bark, 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 and also sure. as if you scratch him right uh, or if he's chewing on you. Yeah, oh. I mean, I have like, I, I, I tired, I grew, I found Family Guy got tiresome for me after a while just with the cutaways. I feel like I eventually got to a point where I was like, I get it. I get the show. I, I didn't really need to watch that much of it. But man, I have to tell you personally, some of my favorite memories of freshman year of college yeah. were watching those DVDs in the dorm room of the guy that I was seeing. He would go to class and I would hang out in his dorm room and drink Mike's Hard Lemonade and watch those DVDs. And it was like <laughs> one of the best days ever, man. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell you, in a hopefully a safe environment where none of those people you're talking about are listening, mm-hmm. they were all in the film program and they would make their short films and like, There'd always be like a reference in the script when I was helping them shoot stuff, or like, I don't get, I don't get this. What is, what is this? And like, or like, this is really funny. Like, what is, where'd this come from? And it, the answer to both was always, it's a Family Guy reference. Mm-hmm. They were like in their student theses mm-hmm. were Family Guy jokes. Oh yeah, those guys were big, big fans. <laughs> and, and like, I, I've always hated people who sort of shit on Family Guy. It's not my favorite show, but I, I never find myself unamused when I catch mm-hmm. it. Uh, I can understand if you don't respect the way Family Guy is funny, but it doesn't mean it's not funny or Agreed. never funny. Agreed. It, it does too many things to not have at least one good laugh per episode. Family which, Guy, yeah. much like The Big Lebowski and mm-hmm. other things that I'm not even ruined by men. It's too controversial. Ruined by men, Sarah Dayton. People <laughs> who are super, super into these things sometimes ruin it for me. I can understand that. Mm. So, there are times where the fans are sometimes a warning sign to me. I can understand so. that. I can understand that as a Rick and Morty fan. I hear you. Yeah. I hear yeah. you. Yeah. Things are oh, like, yeah. these are not objectively <laughs> bad things at all. In fact, these are all things I myself enjoy. Mm-hmm. But if someone tells me this is their favorite TV show or <laughs> they drop too many references into a casual conversation, Ooh. it's a bit of a red flag. Yeah. No, I can see that. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. is one of those things like, like I, I I have to like, I feel like I'm doing something bold by coming out on a podcast saying like, the show's fine. Right. Like, it's The <laughs> it show's absolutely controversial. fine. It does. Because like, the, I think most of the, the speaking woke world spends their time shitting on it. But like, that's yeah. nah, funny. It's totally funny. I, I can't. I will say I cannot believe what they still are able to get away with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't personally offend me, and I'm not. I'm not asking the change. I think it'd be interesting if they roll with the times and become a little more viewable for people who don't like that kind of stuff. I'm not mm-hmm. going to complain about that either. But like, I am. I think they go further than South Park, and they're on regular television that you get free over an antenna that like mm-hmm. Bible groups complain about, and I never ever hear any complaints about Family Guy. It's almost never in trouble for anything. I feel like it was towards the beginning. There was some stuff. It was on it was always like number three on the watch list, but right. everyone was more focused on like the the one and the two. Mm-hmm. I don't hear anybody I'm a prom night dumpster baby. I'm like this is a whole song. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh you've got AIDS. Like a yeah. whole song about that too. Like it just no, no complaints from anyone. It was just I, I think weird. people just gave up. I yeah, think they finally probably. realized, okay, this is what we're getting. Like, there's the initial pushback, <laughs> just like there was with Simpsons and South Park of, this is for children. How could you do those terrible things? And it's just outlasted them. It was just like, 
they're all long enough. When when I say it was a joke on Family Guy, mm-hmm. your brain already understands the scale we might be talking about. <laughs> yeah. It might just be uh, a joke point. about facts of life, sure. or it might be about dumpster babies. Yes. Sure. Or about how you understand. I have there to say, go. one of my favorite jokes from Family Guy that I still think about like pretty regularly, and I don't even remember the full joke. I just remember the image, and it's two tapeworms in someone's stomach <laughs> talking about six feet under in like a very pretentious way. <laughs> I don't even remember the joke. I just think about this image like once or twice a month. I have a favorite joke. I have to go back and I have a favorite joke up. that I can play on the air. Am I allowed to do that? Can we waste time doing that? Yes. It's yeah, fa- it, okay. I was just thinking about it today. It was it was awesome. It's it, it's why it's why you should be glad Family Guy exists. Uh, yeah, it's just a joke about a salad. Lemon snow? You mean it just falls from the sky like that? You bet. One of nature's treats. You gonna have some? Nah, I'm already full. But you should have some before the other kids get to it. L- what is it? Like Italian ice? Yeah, exactly. Like a sorbet. Ah, that's not lemon! No, it's not. You bastard! I was having fun playing in the snow, and now you've ruined it like a pizza place ruins a salad. Okay, four pizzas and a salad. Salad? How do you make a salad? First, you throw in the whole head of lettuce. Even the hard-to-eat white part at the bottom? That's what the people want. Now, what else? I got a can of whole black olives. Should I slice them up? What are you, crazy? No, you keep them whole. You're going to want to know you've got an olive in your mouth. What about this tomato? Cut it into thirds. It should be big enough to pretend you've got red teeth. How about this carrot? Should I cut it up? Yes, but very thin lengthwise. The whole length of the carrot. One thin slice. Okay, what else do we got? Well, we got these hot peppers, but... can't really eat them. No problem. Dump them all in. Now, should we put it in a bowl? No, let's put it in a lasagna tray. Okay, great. I'll take it. Oh, and make sure to stick it right on top of the pizza so it stays nice and warm. Hello, every pizza place. <laughs> that shit. <laughs> we have eaten so many of those pizzas, those salads in this house after recording. So, like, I hate it when people shit on Family Guys for its cutaways because, like, that's a brilliant observation to make. And, it and there's is. no natural yeah. way for a character to really do that. <laughs> Oh, so yep. wonderful! You know, I heard I heard Seth MacFarlane <laughs> on uh, uh, Mark Maron's show mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and like the cutaways finally make sense to me with two words: far side. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a huge fan of the far side, and that's kind of what the cutaways are. Yeah, like, like, like I'm, it all makes so sense. much sense. Holy shit! I'm more depressed than a caveman plumber. Ooh, this not too cheap. Like that's a. I just said a far side joke as a Family Guy gag. It totally works. It's it's great. I, you're right. I, I heard that interview too. When you think of it as like the, they were, he loved the far side. That makes total sense. Like one panel non sequiturs. All like my god, that missing puzzle piece just mm-hmm. packed into the middle yeah. for me. I got it now. Yeah. I think we didn't do. We didn't do a disservice to listeners. Your family guy's a big enough show to talk about the debut of, for Absolutely. God's sake. Absolutely. Um, Fuck yeah. I feel like they would have burned seasons. down our studio if we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, fine. We will move on to uh, the video games of January 25th to 31st. There's a, a big one, but only big in that it hits the PS1. That is Marvel Super Heroes versus Street Fighter. Remember, we started with X-Men versus Street Fighter. Love that image <gasps> of Cyclops shaking hands with Ryu. Uh, and we graduated to Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter. We have still not arrived at Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, that's no. that's where we are in the series, and yeah. and you can never go back to these series. But they are beautiful, beautiful, wonderfully scored and sprited uh, tributes to Capcom characters and Marvel characters at a time where I want to say they were both the biggest. But the reality was, I think it only happened because Marvel was on its last. <laughs> Marvel was struggling pretty hard and had to make a deal with someone that was bigger than they are, and that was Street Fighter. But we're about to get Marvel vs. Capcom, which I don't need to tell people who play games out there is one of the biggest things in fighting games. But I, I, I don't I find 3D ones very hard to play, but I can just lose all day in the, the 
2D ones. I love it. And we get that debut of one of my favorite sprites ever, Spider-Man, where I don't know if the Japanese developers at Capcom are going through a book where Spider-Man, just one of his idle animations, just screams, you know, a Spider-Man catchphrase, like, uh, uh-huh. what would he say? Watch out for my web. Sure, he could say that. <laughs> Diana, what, what's, what might Spider-Man say? Spider- Did someone call for a web slinger? He could say that. Instead, he just yells, do your job! <laughs> and there's... And I don't know where it comes from. It always makes me laugh when I see it. Giant letters that come out of this is like introduction posts. Do your job. Oh, we have Japan to thank for that. Oh, um, my God. Wait, wait, this is... Is Spider-Man stuck in the line at the post office at the time? I don't know if they rendered the DMV there, but uh, I, th- it's, I think... <laughs> Oh no! The Marvel Superheroes was its own self-contained fighting game, so that ha- that ha- that happened with that. And uh, Thanos was the big boss years ago. It's pretty interesting. He has to be talking to the webs, right? I don't know. Is that? It's got to be that. My, you're saying that to Doctor Doom. You don't want him to do his job. Yeah. Uh, no. But uh, also out SimCity 3000. Uh, uh, this is about the time I fell off the SimCity series. Uh, my, it was one of the few yeah, games my parents. Like, encourage me to play with SimCity. So I played as far as SimCity 2000. You're like, build a better life, son. Yeah, build And like, nope, turns out I'm going to make a bunch of burnouts and wait for Godzilla to attack the town. <laughs> Just enjoy the hell out of that. Uh, but it is the debut in America. Uh, it was released in Japan a little later of the horror series Silent Hill. And I think that's wait, really interesting. America got it before Japan? They did. I don't know exactly why that Whoa. was, but about two months beforehand. Um, but wow. Silent Hill, like Konami's... Uh, one of Konami's biggest series back when Konami released games in their series. I know it's popular to shit on, shit on Konami nowadays, but uh, Silent Hill brought us so many things, including one of the only decent video game adaptation or a video game movie adaptations in existence. The Silent Hill movie is totally not bad, yeah. uh, but it's mm-hmm. very. It, I remember playing this one and thinking I didn't want to play it again because Resident Evil was a little more exciting, and this one was like this top-down look at a town, and the, the second Silent Hill kind of changes everything and makes it a triple-A series. But where we stand now, we have not had a new Silent Hill game in about seven years. So I don't know oh if, if Konami... It is an oh my god. You, you're, I know your husband loves Silent Hill, Diana. So you've... Oh, the, yeah. The, the series was like... Usually had like an, annual releases, but not the kind of rush type, but like prequels and portable versions. And it's, it's very weird to live in a world now. 20 years later, we've been seven years out of Silent Hill games. There are. Uh, but that's where we are. Let's close out 1999, January 25th to the 31st with the Rockefeller Skank by Fatboy Slim off the She's All That soundtrack. And when we get back, we're going to talk some 2009. Stay right there. Check it out now. The funk's so brother. Check it out now. The funk's so brother. Right about now. The funk's so brother. Check it out now. The funk's so brother. Right about now. The Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Lasertime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Did you see the Fire Festival documentary? I watched both of them, actually. You did? Yes. See, I didn't watch the Hulu one. I preferred the Netflix one. Now, the, the clip that went viral, I meant to get it. It's, it's this, like, wonderful man, like this uh, kind of older gay event promoter guy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right, who has this thing, like, they told me, 
we have $200,000 worth of water that is stuck in customs. And we need you to go down there, take one for the team, and suck the guy's dick and get it out. And he's like, oh, okay. Okay, I'll do it. It's like, And he gets down there and the guy's like, really nice. And like, yeah, take the water. Don't. No one should die of thirst. Yeah. No one should die of thirst. And like, were they pranking him? He didn't seem to. Be, I don't know. That, he had way little. He he had, speaking he, metaphoric. He had like no animosity towards this guy. No, he seemed like very like earnest in the anecdote. But I'm kind of like, how is this fucking true? Yeah. Look, that's the question of the week. Would you suck dick to free up two hundred thousand dollars worth of water in a bad situation? I can't drink that much water. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if it could go to like a hurricane victim or something like that. Don't uh, don't shame me. I'm not like, shaming no. you. I just <laughs> okay, question well. of the week. <laughs> How long do you think before we're all sucking dick? Oh, uh, <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of january 25th through 31st finally we're starting to hit some watchable movies where i don't have to like go out of my way to come up with some excuse for something uh let's start with uh, 50 years ago this week though first of january 1969 it was the last beatles public performance that's the one where they're playing get back on the roof of apple records um that's always fun you know, watch watch that video. It's got to be around here somewhere. And then listen to some Beatles because, you know, kids these days, they got to learn. But uh, the actual recommendation for a movie, wholehearted recommendation, uh, January 28th, 1944, saw the release of Alfred Hitchcock's Lifeboat. I don't know what it is with Alfred Hitchcock, and he likes confined spaces. He liked to try to make a movie in one set or one room. He does it with Lifeboat. He does it with Rope. He does it with Rear Window. And he's so fucking good at it. Those are like three of my favorites. So Lifeboat is about literally what it says. There's a lifeboat. The ship sinks because remember, we're still in World War II. And, a, you know, a odd group of people get onto the boat, uh, including, I mean, the movie's total star Tallulah Bankhead, who was just like classy, but also kind of like a slut. But she kind of owned it. She's a really interesting person, and people, like, don't know anything about Tallulah Bankhead anymore. Also, Hume Cronin, when he was young. He was young once. Uh, but all these people, like, they get on the boat. People from, like, first class and people from, like, the boiler room. They end up on the boat. And then also a German guy. And they're like, what do we do with the German guy? How do we survive? Should we kill him? Should we not kill him? And it's interesting to see this sort of, you know, discussion about morality and humanity going on in the middle of the war and before we found out about how bad the Nazis could get. So it's it just, it's tense, it's interesting, a lot of fun characters, total easy recommend Lifeboat from 1944. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Guess this means you're sorry. You're standing at my door. Guess this means you take back all you said before.
Dirty 2010 listeners, this segment would suck without you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I said it. I said it. It's becoming a 2009 with uh, My Life Would Suck Without You by Kelly Clarkson. I have not heard this song I before. I like this song Even a I thought lot. I, had. And, yeah. I think Kelly I like Clarkson is the bomb. I don't know, man. She's yeah. a powerhouse. I like her a lot. Uncle Steve too. Harvey's accusing uh, her of canceling his show, so I'm just... What? i got to take Uncle Steve's side. It's just some dumb thing I read like two oh. days ago. I... <laughs> We might lose one of uh, 13,000 Steve Harvey shows I on mean, the air. I mean, he's got some to spare. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's 2009, everyone. We're talking about January 25th to the 31st. You want to hear some new music releases? Because we got them. Holy Crown by the Architects is out this week, as is Tonight by Franz Ferdinand. Ray Guns Are Not Just the Future by The Bird and the Bee. Wait. What? I want to go to bat for Ray Guns Are Not Just the Future by The Bird and the Bee. I've never heard this. I fucking love this album. Yeah? Yeah, it's really good. It's, um, I was hoping, I had to look it up because in the way that we all listen to albums now, we don't really listen to albums, we just mm-hmm. listen to songs. I assume mm-hmm. you guys talked about the Burn the Bee self-titled album that came out in 2007. Yeah, of yeah, course. Me I and know. Diana remember One of my favorite that. songs ever, Fucking Boyfriend, is on there. But there's also some great songs on this one. I mean, the whole album's good. It's very, like... Uh, and this is, this is why I don't talk about music, because I don't know how to describe anything. It's hard to find the right words. It's like... No, that's part of the problem, is if we talk about music, it'd be like, uh, this song is super good, though. Right, exactly. Oh, and this other song? I don't like it as much, but it's really good, too. Like, like exactly. this, this next album by, oh, Working on a Dream by Bruce Springsteen. I love this one. It's got this song where he's like... <laughs> then there's a saxophone. He's like, <laughs> it's so good. You just got to listen to it. Uh, the, the only album from Crooked X, uh, metal band made up of 14 year olds. Good God. Now uh, 24 year olds. Oh, shit. Okay, good. I'm glad the 14 year olds feel old now. Uh, Whisper House by Duncan Sheik. Forever by Who Westank. And the posthumous I Legacy from Lisa Lepta Lopez. Hmm. Wait, when did, she, when did she die? Early Before now. <laughs> 2002. Wow. So, okay. I, I figured we would have covered on the show. It, we, we've only been around since yeah. uh, for four years. So, yeah, we missed that entirely. Jesus, what really took her a while I don't to know put why up? they were sitting on that. Yeah. For some reason, I thought, like, wait, no, it was more recent than that. I thought it was like 07, 08. Usually they put together posthumous stuff and they, they pull together pretty fast. But hmm. nope. That, I guess that seems... maybe, maybe it was in like a big secret lair. That seems so weird, though, because like, it's not like music didn't change a lot in the fucking like how many seven years previous like there's probably some issues with the estate the TLC of 1992 uh, didn't sell like the TLC of 1994 yeah I mean I'm sure I'm sure people wanted it but I mean just I'm so she, sure there was some estate issues some legal issues that kept this from there's happening, a Lisa Left Eye Lopez album primarily from her condom eye patch period that's what I'm hearing I, not yes. that football paint horse shit. I feel shit. like that was earlier. Wait, Which one was earlier? earlier? I felt like the condom was earlier. Condom was way early. But yeah. if this is, we're talking like. I'm more familiar with her. Oh, 2002. Okay, thing. sorry. I was thinking 92. Yeah. Let me move past this as I ruin yeah. the segment. Um, I, I do love it when we have a little bit of pop culture me news too. outside of the traditional venues. By that, I mean internet shit, because you'll never guess uh, what is uploaded 30 years ago on January 30th. Oh, 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years ago. Is this real life? Yeah, this is real life. Okay, now... Okay, now I... I have two fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I thought I wasn't going to get a kick out of this again, but here I am. 10 years later, David after dentist is still pretty cute. Has 138 million views, and I think they made a tiny little empire out of, like, shirts and stuff. 
Um, mm-hmm, this probably. Is... I hope they did. I'm sure there are people who made unlicensed unlicensed searches. Is this real life? Mm-hmm. That's such a good question. It is. <laughs> yes. Everyone feels that way after the dentist. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Mercury felt that way. It, <laughs> yes, so, he did. <laughs> several years earlier. And also, I didn't know how to squeeze this into the video game segment, but Ensemble Studios, the creator of Age of Empires, shutters after 15 years. And I remember people felt this real hard. That was a very popular uh, PC series. I think it sold somewhere around 20 million uh, copies of this game Mm -hmm. and uh, kind of I cannot remember the specifics but possibly cruelly shuttered by their corporate overlords Microsoft Mm -hmm. Um, yes as it became a free to play game and everyone complained I was at PC Gamer for a hot second Uh, movies of 2009 January 25th to the 31st Um, oh I got so excited and then I realized this was not a John Mulaney special it is Renee (laughs) Zellweger's Harry Connick Jr J.K. Simmons and Nathan Fillion's New in Town When her company needed to reorganize, Lucy was right for the job. Management at Monk Foods has sent me here to usher in a new phase. (laughs) If you have a problem with me, you should just come out with it. Okay? She seems nice enough. I doubt she last a week, poor thing. But around here... It's official. The lake's frozen up to drive on. Way. Yes, way. They do things differently. This is where you'll be staying. Want me to go over the fireplace? I'm a city girl, but I know how to light a fire. <laughs> Where's the uh, the switch? No, oh, Tee. Mm. So this is oh. this is kind of an odd take on the fish out of water story. Yeah. So I watched this. Um, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> um, I felt like watching the two and a half minute trailer told me everything <laughs> I needed. Oh, it did. But you know, I mean, even even the TV ads were telling you what it was. They were like, yeah. uh, "It's Sweet Home Alabama meets Fargo." Yes. Precisely. Like, it's well, a le- thank you. It's thank a you less fu- telling. It's me. a Precisely. less funny Lily Hammer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would. It's not good. I mm-hmm. mean, but it's not bad either. Like the thing that I hate the most about it is that I we've already talked about. I don't like the trope of like uptight career woman mm-hmm. has to like get her. I don't know. Then why is she wearing heels on a gears, braided factory get floor, her gears man? Greased by some like towny <laughs> meathead uh, played by right. Harry Connick Jr. with an immaculate and, beard. Yeah, and I also. They fall in love in the end, spoiler mm. alert, which makes Duh. no sense. <laughs> like, there is no attraction or chemistry between them at all. But the rest of the movie, like, her being at this factory, and she, it turns into actually a comment on, like, closing what happens when you try to close these factories that employ the entire town, and someone who's, huh. you know, a, a company that owns it that lives across the country has no idea why like what they're dealing with or the people that they're dealing with and how it's going to affect them there's some union stuff in there that was Mm. surprising to me that i was like okay i see you surprised now uh yeah so the performances are really good i do have to give a shout out to the best performance is by a woman shabon fallon hogan this lady oh yeah was on uh, snl in the early early mid 90s i love her so much and she is the best character and she gives such a great performance and i just she's a character the real midwestern lady yes yes i've seen her in a ton of stuff she's so great yes we like every time she came on screen i was like this is the best part of the movie Mm. for sure so i just want to give her a little shout out because i really like her a lot she was on snl for like a season man i feel like i would have known that damn it uh, also out this week, Emily Browning, Elizabeth Banks, David Strathern, um, The Uninvited. Alex, something happened. Yeah? I had a dream. There were children. I think 
They were trying to warn us. Your daughter got it in her mind somehow that your fiance killed the family she worked for. Look at this. We need to find out who Rachel Summers really is. I want you to think about whether or not you are ready to be part of this family. No, Anna. I don't think this is going to work out. Ooh, so this to me looks like a straight-to-video sequel to So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> Like, uh, they can't get any of the original cast back, but now mm-hmm. they're actually married, and you slowly reveal it. Now there's kids involved, and mm-hmm. they realize their stepmother might have murdered their previous family. Might be a murderer. It's, uh, it's just, uh, Murder. I hope, like, uh, the scariest, weirdest thing I can remember from that HBO show, Autopsy, was that <laughs> lady, I think she was, like, old when they arrested her. They called her the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. She, like, poisoned, like, six mm-hmm. husbands. And uh, I don't think any She's kids. She's on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> They're hard to get rid of. Kidding. No, Jerry will convict her. <laughs> um, this is not no, what I expected. Is, no, this is a, a remake of a Korean horror film. So we've already, no. we're, we're kind of towards the end of the J-horror remake mm. stuff. We got a K-horror remake now. Woo! Um, yeah, where uh, Elizabeth Banks is a spooky stepmother. And is she actually killing people? And is there a slightly... Uh, you know, are there ghosts maybe trying to tell Emily Browning what happened? I don't know why David Strathairn's here. Yeah, <laughs> such a weird. Get out of there, man! He's a little too good for this. <laughs> yes. What are you but doing? Fine. As long as he says good night and good luck before getting murdered. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going through the alphabet here. I mean, to she- that to that end though, this is not a role I imagine Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks in, like as a potential murderer yeah. or pretty as, much as pretty rude. probable murderer, ju- judging yeah. from the trailer. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. interesting casting all around. Then, yeah, I kind of, I do kind of like that. I, I would like to see Elizabeth Banks be like spooky because she's yes. so she's so damn funny that it would probably throw you off when all of a sudden she turns spooky. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also out this week, another <laughs> Kay Winslet film uh, with a reference. Uh, the it reader. is a depressing Kate Winslet one-two punch, man. There's two in a row yeah. movies that like open pretty much the same day, and now they're going wide within a week of each other, and they're mm-hmm. both depressing as mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I had an affair. What have you discovered? I've never told anyone that the person you loved, she liked being read to, had done something in their past. You were picking women out and saying, you and you and you have to be killed. No. That you could not forgive. Did she acknowledge the effect she had had on your life? She had done much worse to other people. From the director of The Hours, Kate Winslet, Ray Fiennes, unlock the mystery of the reader. Yeah, what the fuck? I'm curious about the mystery, too. What- did you not see this? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't see oh. this. What the fuck? I'm it a- was like... I'm a nom- dumb guy. It's, it's an Oscar. <laughs> I think it was nominated for Oscars oh. and stuff. Yeah, it, it was. Kate Winslet finally won. Yes. She finally won a goddamn Oscar. For the she reader? deserved one. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Dude, she's deserved one since Heavenly Creatures. Yeah, no, uh, I don't argue. I love that anyway, movie. Anyway, agreed. But but what what the fuck is this yeah. about? I still don't I still don't get it. It, it seems like uh, okay. Lady Schindler's List. <laughs> Opposite, actually. Yeah. Oh, great find is there. It's confusing. Yeah. All right. So uh, Kate Winslet starts to have an affair with this teenage boy, uh, in I'm like in. In, a, in a like a flashback. No, ter- seriously, he's like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, and also not maybe okay. not so much have an affair, but. Rapes a fifteen-year-old boy. Molesting a child. A Still in. Fifteen-year-old boy. Um, you know he's consenting, but he can't legally. So, mm-hmm. but they have you know what he thinks is like an affair. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he, she likes him to read to her. And then one day, like, she disappears. And he's like, oh, no, what about this 30-something-year-old woman that I was having sex with? That's weird. And then in the future, he's now Ray Fiennes, and she has been arrested and is charged with war crimes for her actions during World War II. And he gets to find out more about her and what she might have done and how does that make him feel. And it's, I mean, it's really good. It's really good, but it's a it's a watch once and then forget about kind of movie, unfortunately. Yeah. So Sam had never seen it because I watched it. I saw it when it came out and then Sam had never seen it. So I was like, let's watch it again because I could use a refresher. Of course, your husband's never seen mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, and as I recall, her trial actually starts when he's in law school. So he's still kind of pretty young. The same actor mm. pl- who plays a 15 year old plays himself in law school as well. So That's he's like, right. That's right. That's he's re- this is all dawning on him still at a pretty young age. Um, it's great. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really fucking I mean, depressing. It's, it's it's really well done. All the acting is top freaking notch. Yeah. It's interesting as you start to unravel. Wait, she maybe she did that, but she didn't do that. Oh, that's why she left. Oh, and you start to understand like why she's doing this. It's actually for a very simple reason. It's not like selfish or weird or or a criminal. Mm-hmm. Should I spoil? Yeah, it's a ten year old movie. Okay. The reason she's having people read to her is because she can't read. Right. But I And also, so uh. but she's really good at covering it up. So then right. later when she's at this war crime trial where she was like in charge of this group of of Jewish prisoners and then they all got murdered, they like got put in a barn and set on fire. Mm-hmm. That like they introduced this like written statement from her saying, "Isn't this, you know, you wrote this thing?" and she can't deny it because then she would reveal that she's illiterate and that's like her greatest shame mm-hmm. you don't want to embarrass yourself so, in your nazi trial right <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's the crazy part and so throughout yeah. the throughout the proceedings you know they talk about because like they were at she was a prison guard at like a smaller work camp basically and then as more women were brought to the camp she and other guards had to choose the women that they would then send to auschwitz so right. like you know, but she would keep, you know, the testimony from some of the people who survived the camp were like she had her pets that she would like invite into her barracks. And it turned out that they were all reading to her. So Ray Fines is like hearing all of this and having to deal with the fact that like, oh, she was using me in the same way that she used these women in a lot of ways, you know, to read to her. Will fuck for stories. It's. What do you think? It almost too like the way uh, Kaywinza is so good in it, and it almost kind of portrays yeah. her. It's almost like she was kind of a simpleton mm-hmm. because they are explaining to her like, but you were choosing to send these people to their death, and she's like looking at the like judges, being like, "What? What? What are you talking? No, we just had to make more room for more women," and it was like. What are you mm-hmm. talking about, lady? I like, just checked a not... box. I never learned to read. Yeah, basically, yeah, yes. she won the Oscar. Yeah, she wins the Oscar for yeah. You c- couple the I never learned to read Wayne's World <laughs> joke with the Kate Winslet extras joke about if you make a movie about the Holocaust, you get them, automatically get an Oscar. Wow. Yeah. Put them all together. Yeah. Boom, you got Boom. the read. But I, I, it's, this movie is very long, and we got like halfway through it, and Sam at one point turned to me and was like. Okay, I'm ready for less fucking and more Nazi stuff, please. Because <laughs> there is a lot of sex and genitals. Ooh, both kinds? Oh, yes. <laughs> both kinds. Um, 
Well, I didn't see this it's movie. It's a recommend, though, for sure. I didn't see this movie, Sarah, because I'm a man with a particular set of tastes. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was <laughs> seeing this movie. Maybe not in the theater, though. Uh, Maggie Grace, Fumke Jensen, and Liam Neeson. And I can't believe this is 10 years old, and I Dude, can't believe the ad says everything that we still think about this movie. Yes. I know. I like, not only this is it 10 years mind. old, we are approaching the second season of the television show based on the movie. Oh, my God. After it wore out wore itself out in sequels. Oh, it, it, this no. still feels has like a it, new movie though? to me. Has it? Because it debuted on Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, someone here. What? Oh my God, they got Amanda. Get under the bed. The next part is very important. They're going to take you. <laughs> if you're looking for a ransom, I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. I will find you and I will kill you. Good luck. Take it. Rated PG-13. I, I should have given this a rewatch to see if this movie is still as fun as it... It was I think fun. it is. It I was think it, it is. was totally, oh, it totally fun. Yeah. Totally works. But Liam Neeson has, like... My mom used to drag me to Liam Neeson movies because mm-hmm. she was, just, oh, fanning herself and Rob Roy and that kind mm-hmm. of horse shit because that's... Speaking of Schindler's List, like, Liam Neeson was a different kind of actor yes. and, like, somehow exactly. in his 50s became... Jason Statham. It's crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> it's truly nuts. Yeah. And it started with this and film. He's still doing it. He's still, he's still doing, doing it. He's got another one coming out like right now. Oh yeah. And Sam and I basically refer to all ever like we we saw the commuter last year where he's on a train taken on a train. Oh, hey, there we you saw go. the one where he's in the airplane taken on a plane. Damn. The one where he fights Blaken. wolves taken by wolves. The Graken. Uh, <laughs> the Graken. <laughs> the Graken. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take in it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what else you can say about this film. Either everyone see it or you have every idea what it's about. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's sort of like old man John Wick. If, it, if Someone said the word John Wick as a genre. And I just think it's so bizarre that such a simple concept is coming back now that we've kind of taken the gloves off on on-screen violence. Uh, once again. I, for one, am here for it. Yeah, me too. Me I'm too. I really it. like it. Yeah. I saw this in the theater with my family mm-hmm. and my sister was a teenager at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And at one point, she got up to go to the bathroom. And after a while, I noticed like my mom and my dad and I were like looking at her watch, like, this is taking a while. And I was like, I'm going to go check this on her. Has and taken I like, a while. Yeah. So I like, just because, you know, his daughter gets taken and sold into sexual slavery. And mm-hmm. it just it made us all a little nervous <laughs> about that. She was fine. Spoiler alert. <sighs> we still haven't found I was hoping but then we still haven't found her. If you have any information, <laughs> please call the number at the end of the show. We, we uh, had to go to Albania and punch a bunch of guys in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen out of a movie theater in Pensacola. <laughs> yeah, you think there are easier ways yep. to get sex slaves. Jesus. Don't right? steal them from assassins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this is the kind of movie, I mean, not to disrespect Rudy Ray Moore, but I think of them as human tornado movies, <laughs> where it's just one guy will go through everyone like a fucking chainsaw to yep. get to the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's point blank. We got we got payback coming out in a week or two we get to talk yep. about. Oh Same God. thing, man, which yeah. is basically a point break remake. Um, or point blank, not point break. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I thought, oh, shoot, I was just thinking of another one. Yeah, John Wick is a good example mm-hmm. of just like, mm-hmm. hey, good guy, we've pissed you off. Now we're going to throw red shirts at you. And he just fucks them up <laughs> one after another, getting more and more pissed off until he fights the main guy. And then that's the end of the movie. The trope that I always think is funny, I don't even mind it that much. It's just kind of silly, is that they, like, and I saw, I noticed this person taken, is that Liam Neeson, like, goes through all of these guys like big ones short ones fat ones skinny ones like all different types and then like the big boss guy that he fights at the end is just this like 
little squirrely guy mm-hmm. and it's like so, yeah, it's usually like some little dude behind a desk right and it's like <laughs> you get to the end and he's like so Liam Neeson you and, got through all my guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's like that's the biggest fight where he gets like in the most potential peril out mm. of the entire movie it's like he just fought a 300 pound dude out there like but the little guy hasn't done anything yet uh. <laughs> it's just funny. It just doesn't make much sense. Uh, well, Jesus, a good transition to TV. Now the Taken uh, is on the airwaves. Um, TV of 2009, January 25th through the 31st, uh, the two-night event, mm. The Last Templar, starring Mira Sorvino and Scott Foley, premieres on the 25th. Let's hear a little bit of that. The past is filled with extraordinary mysteries. The keys to solving them are hidden all around us. They stole the decoder to decode the map to the treasure of the Templars. Are you insane? This is Indiana Jones. Now, the quest for the truth. The decoder was all I wanted. It's the only reason I became involved. Oh, this fucking snore Da Vinci yeah. Code ripoff horseshit. Uh, the Ugh. independence. Ugh. What is the... Book of Secret? Uh, National the, Treasure? National Treasure, National yes. Treasure. National Treasure. So the past isn't that full of secrets, y'all. I basically know most of them. I'll, I'll go with those TNT-made librarian movies yes. first because those have Bob Newhart killing people, and Ooh. that's the best thing. Seriously? Whoa. Seriously, there's a scene where you find out like he's an ex-Navy SEAL, and just Bob Newhart fucks I... up a bunch of guys. Oh, that's that's amazing. But he stutters his catchphrase every time. With Noah Wiley, your, 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 your blood, not, yeah. not mine. Um. <laughs> yeah, most of those are, you know, I th- made a couple of them and they're just sort of like, whatever, fine, you know, junk, TV junk food you can just put on the background, but then occasionally something awesome will happen like that. Hmm. It makes it all worth what? Good Lord. Speaking of TV junk food, it's the 10 year anniversary <sighs> of the debut of Toddlers and Tiaras. And I don't think the show is still on, but I thought this would have put an end to the whole practice of early pageantry uh this this is a terrible glimpse of society yeah, <laughs> it's it really not was. good uh, it really was and like we talked about like last what was it like two episodes ago mr show was canceled they did a fantastic parody of the, the prenatal beauty pageant mm-hmm. where some guy sticking a <laughs> sticking a thing all up in the womb to put eyeshadow on a fetus yeah uh, a little cowboy hat uh why are we still doing this 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 because this is baffling Beats to some people at the time me. it was like it was such train wreck viewing. Even yeah. I, even I saw it, and I wouldn't watch anything on this channel. Right. But uh, toddlers and tiaras. How do you describe it? Um, it's de- it's a deep dive into the world of child pageants. <laughs> which I how come of... you can't be arrested for this? <laughs> I mean, that's what I've always said, man. I've been saying that since what Christmas '97 uh, yeah. when Jumpin' A. Ramsey was killed. That's pretty much like, oh, that's a thing. Right. Oh, we'll arrest all the parents, please. Well, it's yeah. a double it's a double shot of, you know, this weird exploitative like thing that they're doing to little girls, plus like a heavy dose of poor shaming, I feel like, because this is also what gave us Honey Boo Boo. Yes. And that's a spinoff yeah, of this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh she was and just this kind of like that whole people of Walmart. <laughs> look at how look at these people. It's just super double gross. Oh. I yeah. use Honey Boo Boo to describe too many people I've encountered in my Florida town now. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, this show, this this depresses me. It is depressing. <laughs> so depresses yeah. me. That's uh, the right yeah, move. It's kind of, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, South Park made the joke about uh, raising the bar and that this is as low as the bar can go is Honey Boo Boo. And yeah, it's kind of how I feel. It's like, well, this is it. This is the end of civilization. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't even want to this talk. This is how we all die. God, I don't want to talk about Honey Boo Boo when that shit happens. Here we are 10 years later, and we're doing just fine. I think we can all agree. <laughs> Everything's great. Better than ever. Um, I also am ashamed I have not seen this episode of SNL that aired on the 31st. Same here. Because I believe it is the last time Steve Martin hosted the show Aww. with the musical just Jason Mraz. Uh, but Steve Martin, if not for Alec Baldwin during this period, Steve Martin... Because with the first season alone would have held the record. Mm -hmm. He's hosted 15 times, I believe, 11 of them before 1990. So now Steve Martin comes on SNL all the time, but usually to yell from the audience. Yeah. He has not been a host (laughs) in some time. But Steve Martin, I I used to think he was a cast member because he was on the show so much. Mm -hmm. He had his own Mm -hmm. recurring characters. Uh, It is... Weird for me not to be excited about a Steve Martin SNL hosting appearance, but not so much 10 years ago because it was, oh man, that Steve Martin penis cream sketch from uh, 96. It was not, it's not good. Mm. It's not good. He was past his prime on that show. But that about wraps up the short list of 2009 television. Uh, Remember, we're talking lots of reality shows and CSI shows that a lot of us didn't watch. And we don't consider classic in the same way we do and the other stuff we talk about. Much more crowded world as well. Uh, no different in games, whereas 1989, all we can do is speculate. We know exactly what came out in 2009, January 25th to the 31st. Uh, we have Rygar, Battle of Argus. It comes to Wii. Uh, it's a port, I believe, uh, with new added waggle controls. Who doesn't love waggle controls? Love uh, and we have, a cor- we have a Coraline game. So I'm guessing Coming it's, it's a spoiler yes. for what's uh, some movie that we'll be able to talk about soon. Yeah. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite Laiku movie. Mm. Um, and... I- might be mine too. It's also kind of the scariest kids movie ever made. Yeah, oh yeah, it rules. And I, but I have not seen. Yeah. I have not seen all of Kubo and the, the Two Strings. But mm-hmm. I've loved. Every oh, second that of was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot recommend enough. And here's here's a like. Whereas I feel Taken is new. This makes me feel old. Is working in the video game press. We were a big part of this because it was this one two punch of like getting a show on the air with its with its own authentic video game, Afro Samurai. Uh, starring Sam Jackson, like a show that aired on the Spike Network that had a pretty decent-ish game uh, that came out alongside the sh- a short-lived two-season show. But like, this makes me feel like this is so old. American anime, essentially. Afro Samurai. It's been 10 years since that game debuted. Uh, and that about wraps up uh, 30, 20, 10 for this episode. But you got to stay tuned for that fucking birthday quiz. Uh, we we got to get through a couple plugs real fast before Diana can tell us who died and who lived. Uh, because this show is is brought to you in part by patreon.com slash laser time. It supports the laser time network. I wanted to say we one of the weirdest, dumbest episodes we did that I turned out to really like was the post-game show. We're not huge football game fans, but we if you love television, you have a bunch of memories of TV sh- high-profile TV shows that air after the big game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was shocked to find out that the first post-Super Bowl show was Lassie, which is a much oh, different era in the yeah. early Super Bowl. Uh-huh. But then, like, uh, you get these star-studded episodes of Friends or of Malcolm in the Middle and or, like, big-ass debuts or big failures. But, mm-hmm. like, it has to be something high-profile. And I do love the shows that come on after the Super Bowl almost all the time. We did a whole show about that on Laser Time. This week, we are talking about video game cartoons based on video games. It almost never works. Uh, <laughs> so let's give that a listen uh, maybe tell a friend about it and we also have uh, the Vidya Game Apocalypse show hosted by Mr. Diana Goodman Michael Rapars, and it will be celebrating its 300th episode this Friday with a very special topic and very special guest so you'll want to tune into that on Friday 
or where whenever you listen to stuff from wherever you get your podcast. But Diana, where can people find your shit? Uh, they can find my shit on Twitter at listeninerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or at 302010podcasts with the numbers 302010podcast. Uh, again, thanks for all our fans for being cool and supporting us with the hubbub earlier mm-hmm. this week with Cinema Sins and, uh, and 80s all over. And, uh, you know, one thing we haven't said in a really long time, if you could rate and review us on, like, iTunes, that nice. would help people find us. That'd That's, be nice. And that would be nice. And if you're not going to do Yay. that, you got to pay money to the Patreon. I'm sorry. Like, we, we offer you, we give you so much. <laughs> we work so hard Please. for you. Please. Please. Um, and yes, I do. If you want to leave a comment on the show, we do a comment for a comment show for patrons, which you should be getting next week. That will celebrate everything uh, you liked in January. You can come back at us about what rules and what we uh, what we uh, sort of gave short shrift to. I do like to give everyone an opportunity to talk about the things because we have to go through some of this stuff very fast. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing that. Patreon.com slash laser time. And if you care that much, you still have a, a year end recap talking about everything that happened in 1988. 1998 and 2008 awards what made the most money it's always a really fun uh thing to wrap up an entire year worth of the show exclusively for the people who made it happen so thank you so much to folks on patreon diana who died we only had one death of a big note that i could find this week uh 2009 we lost john updike he was 78 yeah he's a great american novelist um wrote you have to wait until i ask what's updike <laughs> you have to <laughs> I've visibly deflated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's a great American novelist. He wrote um, Rabbit Run and all of its um, sequels, which was basically a story about a man going through life. Very boomery, very boomery mm. author, but still great. He wrote mm. the riches, riches of e- the the witches of Eastwick. Oh, I do like that. Um, which was was one of my favorites, and then its follow up, the widows of Eastwick. Um, he also wrote a short story that I bet we all read in our English class A and P. It's the yep. one short story everyone remembers. What? Which one? Yep. Um, it's about a girl uh, during summertime walking through a grocery store. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Okay. And she's like wearing a bikini and I think a guy tells her to leave. Yep. And it's sort of the narrator just watching this all happen. Yep. Yeah. It's still in my dual enrollment ENC 1101, 1102 <laughs> like textbook that I still have in the house. I don't know why. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, you'll be missed up, Dyke. And I'll never ask that question again. But now with the deaths, we got to see who was born to take their place. Diana, birthday! Oh, birthday is a doodle. Okay, so, oh, we got a good one this week. Uh, born January 27th, 1969. So happy 50th birthday nice. to a man who has 4.4.45 million Twitter followers, including me. <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, no, I did not know this. He made his acting debut on the Seinfeld episode, The Couch. Mm. Uh, also, he wrote for Mad TV, and he appeared as the dead scuba diver in a tree at the beginning Patton of Magnolia Oswald. that we get to talk about this week. Pat Oswald. Correct, it is Pat Oswald. Yes. Wow. I did not know he was in the episode of The Couch. I, I, I want to go back and watch that on him? Yeah. Poppy. I know. I don't know where he is. Yeah. he's. We're going to get to talk about him a bunch of times this year, because he's. I think this is his breakout year 2009. We got Observe and Report, The Informant, and Big Fan. Ooh, oh, so, wow. Oh. Yeah. Big Fan, I liked him. And we've already done Ratatouille. So, yeah. Good year for Patton Oswalt, 2009. Mm-hmm. Well, with- Still one of my favorite stand-ups. 
Well, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, the show is executive produced by Nick Kay and many other fine people at patreon.com slash lasertime, who, for the price of a cup of coffee, help keep their favorite podcast network going. And you should, too. It doesn't cost much, but it means the world to us and could help us keep going into the new year. Uh, we're going to go out with Tick, Tick, Boom by The Hives off of the Taken soundtrack. We will see you guys next week for more 30 2010. Yeah!